Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. McLaren Goldeye surely thinks that swearing is undignified. Fortunately for us, we don't even pretend to be dignified. This has been your Obscenity Warning. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter six of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's become royalty. Chapter six brings us back to Briar and Rosethorn. Rosethorn tells Briar the new medicines have been stolen and sold all the medicine for the past 18 months Mm -hmm. yep all they have is this really old stuff the plant mages have to try and revitalize it they open a jar labeled willow bark briar's like this has got to be at least two years old yeah and rosethorn tells him to be the queen willow because the willow trees believe that they all once came from one willow. Thus, if he convinces them that he is that willow tree, then he can imbue them with more energy. Briar asks Rosethorn when her birthday is. She's like, you still haven't picked a birthday, huh? Well, you probably don't want mine because it's long night. The longest night of the year. Ironic. Winter solstice? Yeah. Now we understand why I am most like Rosethorn. I have a bullshit birthday. I get to choose my own, which is the summer solstice, which is roughly the day she celebrates. Yeah. yeah. Briar comes out of his trance from reviewing cherry bark. He looks up and he realizes Rosethorn is crying and he goes to comfort her. And he's like, I'm going to go find that lady. I'm going to beat her up because he just wants his mama to not be sad. And she's like, I wouldn't be weepy if it wasn't so damn tired. And if you tell anybody that I cried, I will kill you or something like that. She said she would deny it, which was kind of not as rose thorny as it normally is. Definitely tell she's tired. Couldn't even come up with a dangerous, plausible threat. So Briar Mind speaks with Triss and he says, bring me some plants. But Triss catches a ride with somebody in town and brings Briar some plants including his shacking and he goes out and he gets the plants and he brings them to the basement and Rosethorn is asleep and he just puts all the plants around her 
And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, this is what I have been missing. Nico shows up. The blue pox has spread into the city. Even to the rich parts. And so there's no need for quarantine anymore. And so Briar's excited, thinking that he'll be able to go home. And everyone's like, no, you can't do that. Because it has not spread to the temple. Let's do our point five and talk about just how goddamn real this fucking book is. What reminded you of real life, Goodwin? There are a lot of points in this chapter dealing with the masks and mostly about like readjusting them or taking them off or just how uncomfortable they are. It was just really real because in a book, if they bring up masks or like helmets or something, they're like, oh yeah, they're uncomfortable. They say that once and then that's it. But in this throughout the chapter, it's been, oh, they have to adjust their mask. Oh, they need to take it off a certain way. They need to change up how they're wearing it, which is super real because wearing a mask, as pretty much all of us know right now, it's not terrible, but it is just an extra thing that you have to think about and worry about each time. And it's just real, really real. At the beginning of our period, my students usually do vocabulary practice, which I run from the computer. And while I'm at my desk, I'm usually far enough away that I don't need my mask, which is nice because it means that I can call out students' names. But then somebody will come in and bring me papers. And I'm like, oh, I have to find my mask and put it on because I have to answer the door. It's like Tamara Pierce wore masks in preparation for this because it's not something that I think you'd really think about unless you're actually in it wearing it. I do think that she may be a time traveler. Anything else that we want to talk about in regards to how goddamn real this is? When Briar was asking Rose Thorne, why can't we just get fresh stuff from home? Rose Thorne was like, the whole city is needing medicine. And you really think that Erda's house is at the top of that list? Mm-hmm. This whole pandemic, poor people are the last to be thought of. We got to take care yeah. of it first. Yeah. Which is that sounds familiar. I mean, that is like that every day, but even more so during this pandemic. It's yeah. like more evident. Let's go ahead and move into part one where we talk about what we liked and didn't like. Did anybody like anything? I think the first thing that I really liked was when Briar was trying to cheer up Rose Thorne in the best way he could think of with threats of violence. Like, oh, I'll skin her and bring you the skin and I'll bring you her fingers back in a pickle jar. And That's Briar's way of, I guess, trying to cheer Rose Thorne up. But uh, it was kind of cute. It was very cute. I don't know if he'd be capable of that. I think he'd be capable of it. He grew up on the streets. <laughs> He's seen some crazy shit. I'm sure he yeah, yeah, but he's gotten soft. Don't tell him I said that, but... He has, but instead of not taking a bath afterwards like he would have done before, he'll murder someone and then take a bath and it's fine. He'll clean up afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> the second thing that I liked was just another Briar moment. What a good kid. After he gets stressed to bring the plants in, he like tiptoes downstairs to where... Uh, Rose Thorne is taking a nap and he puts the plants around her very quietly and just so like she'll wake up and she'll be like ah there are plants you know just like a really fun nice surprise for his mom 
so cute. Just two very heartwarming, for very different reasons, Briar moments. Just, just felt good. Okay. So I had four. Indy already mentioned this. I had marked down um, that Rose Thorn celebrates her birthday on Midsummer, and it reminded me of Indy, which she already mentioned that she celebrates her birthday on a different day. And I was like, oh, it's Indy. But she already mentioned it. Also in that same spot, he she asked him, you still haven't picked one? And I'm like, oh, even Rose Thorn is on to you. You better get that done. The next one, whenever he is looking at her and she feels like a plant in the shade, he's like, should we go to the roof? And she's like, I'm not a plant. I thought it was just really funny that she knew what he was thinking, even though he didn't say it like, hey, you're a plant. And she's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) She could read his mind. They're that close now that they know each other's thoughts. It's cute. Honestly, though, she could be missing some vitamin D. She could be. Being locked inside. And then it was really cute whenever Rose Thorn was going to lay down to take a nap. Briar was like, if you go to sleep, I'll go to sleep. And she's like, are you taking care of me? And instead of saying anything, he's like getting her blankets and stuff like, oh, (laughs) it was really cute, too. He told her that he would sleep, too, but he ended up not sleeping. He just continued working. It's like, ah, oh, she he tricked her. He tricked her. He <laughs> trick. It was adorable. I loved it. My last one is when Tris brought all the plants and he's looking at them and he's realizing that they were all plants that he probably would have grabbed. He's like, you done good copper curls. I owe you. Tris is learning. It was so funny because she did start kind of that begrudgingly like, oh, why are you bothering me? It's raining. You're going to make me go all the way out there with these plants. And then she did it. He saw Rose Thorn and she's like, oh, shit, I have got to do this. Rose Thorn never cries and she is upset. So I need to take care of my mama, too. Yeah. He knew which ones to grab because she pays attention because they're also close. And then she said, like, ah, it was no problem. It was nothing. I feel bad for Tris, though, because the other three kids are getting taught. Nico would be a good teacher, but he's not been doing so hot. Nico ends up showing up to Erda's house, and Tris is just sitting there like, I ain't got nothing to do. I'll just bring you your plants. All these books. She's the only one that hasn't really got taught that much, I feel which I'm sure she's fine with because she gets to read a bunch. Maybe the reading is part of Nico's teachings. Maybe he's giving her the books to read. But there's not a whole lot of hands-on training, it seems. No. If only he had time. They keep having disaster after disaster after disaster. Maybe he should have found another teacher. Hmm. I don't know if there's any other weather mages, though. Well, Nico's not really a weather mage. He's not. But, I mean, he seems like the most learned of and he's the one who found her. That too. The thing that I forgot to mention in our How Goddamn Real This Book is segment, leaving shit out on the porch. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Tris mind speaks to Briar. He feels the shack end, and she's like, I'm not going to get to see you because the Carter was only allowed to leave the stuff on the porch and then go away. I got COVID and the way that I got my groceries was I called my parents and I said, this is my grocery list. 
And then they dropped it on the porch, went back to their car and called me and said, your groceries are on the porch. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it's very, very real. It's so bizarrely specific. I, I don't know. Makes you think about Tamara Pierce and her time traveling abilities. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it did amuse me that Briar was like, I won't be a queen willow. I will be a king willow. And also, I really like when he is kind of getting distracted by worrying about Rose Thorn, and she tells him, tend your bark. It's like something that you would tell unruly to, hey, tend your bark. Like, mind your own business. Tend your bark. I want to use it in my regular speech. A lot of the things in here just kind of reminded me of my own sort of life. At the beginning, Briar and Henna are talking about caring for people, and Henna's like, oh, well, some people care for people because it's fashionable to do so. Word. And then she talks about how some people have cared their hearts broke, and that, to me, is such a good description of teaching. Because so many people go into teaching because they care and they really want to help kids, especially in a district like mine. We, we have a high poverty rate. We're a rural area. And then on top of that, we have a high percentage of English language learners. A lot of people who work at schools like that start because they want to make a difference. There is so much that gets kind of dumped on teachers and schoolwork that it just kind of breaks you. And I feel like that's become even more evident during this time because when schools were first talking about reopening, a lot of people out there were like, this is ridiculous. Schools shouldn't reopen. Parents who want to send their kids back to school are being irresponsible. A lot of those parents have to work. Some of them can't afford daycare. A lot of our kids don't get three meals at home, but they get breakfast and lunch every single school day. And where I live, a lot of our kids literally don't have internet. So it's not easy for them to learn if they aren't actually in the building with the teachers. In a way, schools have kind of taken on this job of like social care. I don't want to say we shouldn't do that, but we shouldn't have to. We should have better programs available so that people who live in rural areas can get access to resources so that single parents can have better access to daycare so that people can have a living wage so you don't have two parents both work two jobs and you still don't always have food on the table that's my soapbox just wholeheartedly Similarly, when Rose Thorne is crying and Briar is trying to comfort her, I really, really feel that because I have had that in my class. I had a day where just everything went wrong in the first hour of school. I just absolutely broke down. I felt so bad for crying in front of my kids. And I was like trying to explain, you guys have done nothing wrong. I am not upset at you. I have just had a really bad day already. She's talking to Briar about how stressed she is. She says, I'm sick of people gabbling at me. And Briar's like, but I gabble at you. And she's like, no, you don't. 
that's what I really feel because like that day, for example, I was so sick of dealing with these adults who were like, I need this and I need that. But then my students are so drastically different from that because they come to me with their needs, but it's so much more of a, of a mutual situation. (laughs) The last thing I have is I really liked the bit where Briar is being the King Willow and he has this temptation to just kind of give up being a person, become a tree and just take root. I like the little bit of world building that goes into that, that there's almost this dark side to the magic that he has. He could, in a sense, be consumed by it. Spoilers, we're going to see a little bit of that down the line later um and then of course it's fantastic and totally on point that he smells food and he's like heck no i ain't gonna turn into a tree i'm gonna eat if he turns into a tree he can never eat gorse's delicious food again not worth it not worth it i gotta eat me some gorse food there are several things that i know you guys have touched on i love the description of the king Willow, Briar draws to mind. Willows are possibly one of my favorite plants. How beautiful the wood is, especially weeping willows. They're just massive. Nobody can see the far off dreamy look I have in my eye. But like, (laughs) you guys can. No one else can. But there's something about willows. There's a quiet strength to them. Everybody expects oak trees to be very strong. They think of redwoods and they're tall and they're powerful, but no one thinks about the quiet strength of a willow tree. And she had a very specific description of it, which I can only assume is correct. It is correct for certain types of willows. Mm. I've got (laughs) off the topic of plants. For a moment. Big tree, good. Good tree, look good. Big tree is good. I know that we've mentioned the birthday. I'm not going to lie. Because of the fact that I love Rosethorn so much is half the reason I was like, that's a great idea. Let's make our birthday the solstice. Because I was rereading the series about that time when I was going through my change. I have become Rose Thorn. It's not necessarily by accident. <laughs> Things I don't like are Rose Thorn crying, mm. Briar crying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody mentioned this one, but the part in which Briar gets the news that the pox is inside the city and he's thinking, oh, I can leave. There's a little voice that asks, who will look after Flick? There is something just so powerful and upsetting about that line. It's a reminder that sometimes we're the only people that care about something. I say quite often, no one will love my cat as much as I do. And that's not a lie. Sometimes you have to do something you don't like for the thing that you love. And it's a hard lesson to learn. And it's a sad lesson to learn. 
There's something about that line that just breaks my heart every single time I read this. So on that note, I'm going to end with a couple of more things that I like. I genuinely love nap time. Yes. It's adorable. (laughs) Two specific things directly from the book. Outside the night's storm continued, its winds moaned through the crack in the walls. Holy shit. Just in a very simple sentence, the writing is superb, very descriptive, which helps bring about a very specific like mindset for it. And then the last one I will go into is like one of the first lines in the chapter. And it's, there will be a lot of quarreling before anything useful is discussed. Your time is better spent here. If that ain't a whole ass mood for what's going on in politics right now. (laughs) (laughs) How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did you all find? I actually have one. pulled out from this chapter was renewal of life. They renew the life in all the old medicine that is there, bringing back all the bark to life and everything so they can use it to be able to heal the people. And then Briar renews life in Rose Thorn by having Triss bring all the plants and putting them all around her. The description says that her lips turn from white to like pink and then her hair got more color back into it. So he gave her life and it was sweet. So that's a really good one. My theme was teamwork or cooperation because everyone's kind of working together aside from that one asshole that steals all the medicine and sells it. Who needs to be chopped into itty bitty bits and fed to Rosethorn? Yeah. Fed to Rosethorn? <laughs> we cooked up so she could feed it to sharks. Mm. I don't think Rose Thorn's a cannibal. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean. make an exception for this. Whoa. <laughs> Triss helps Briar by bringing the plants. Briar helps Rose Thorn by bringing her the plants. The Shacken helps Briar and Rose Thorn. Briar helps Rose Thorn convince the Shacken that she's safe. <laughs> um, Briar and Rosethorn help make the medicine stronger. And the only reason that they are able to do that is because there are other people in Erda's house taking care of the sick. So there's just this sort of everybody kind of pitching in to try and do what they can, except the lady that we're going to eat. Exactly. <laughs> the theme that I found was caring. And I know I brought that one up before. Felt really obvious this time. Briar clearly cares about Rosethorn wants to do something to either cheer her up or make her feel better. So he tries all these different approaches. But uh, what he ends up doing is, you know, getting uh, Triss to come out and bring these trees out. And even that is also you know, part, part of that theme because Triss, we, we all know she's she could be a little bit less than nice sometimes, but she saw through Briar's eyes what Rosehorn was looking like. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, it's raining and it's gross out and I'm going to make that trip and... But it, she, she, she's gonna do it anyway. So I don't know what she was complaining about. <laughs> she would just keep the rain away. Yeah, but you know, she, she's, she's busy reading. In the previous chapter, she went, she went up on a wall in the middle of the rainstorm. She's like, I can't sleep. Let me go out and and find the place where I am most likely to get wet and stand there. Yes, but she did it because she cares about Briar and Rose Storm. She went through with it. She cares about him. And Briar cares about Flick. This is kind of earlier, but talked about him, how he was worried that other people wouldn't take care of her as well as he would. That also came back when he thought that he could leave quarantine. He is afraid that they won't take care of her as well as he did. He doesn't want to leave her alone. 
but he's just so frustrated being in there. He's going to have to grin and bear it, basically. But it sounds to me, though, that even though he's upset that he doesn't get to go back home, at least he won't have to stay cooped up inside the building, I would think. since he, It seems like he'll be able to freely move around town if he wants to. So he won't be cooped up. So it should be a little bit better. Hopefully, maybe. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. We still got half a book to go. Oh, God. I'm going to cry. Well, I guess that means I have to go. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a theme, kind of not a theme, but a particular line stuck out and it's kind of reoccurring, like a reoccurring ideal. For a moment, he wondered how it would be to sink roots and sprout leaves. Mm. was a tempting idea to escape. Mm. And in this, it kind of reoccurs that feeling of escape. Because everybody is looking for a distraction. Everybody's looking for something that's better than where they're at. Examples of this would be Rose Thorne with her just meltdown and then Briar's like oh here are plants I'm gonna like escape into this greenery Briar wants to escape Erda's house A because it's awful and B because he'd rather be a tree which to be honest fucking mood I would rather be a tree part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. And I'm going to go first. No. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Uh, my magic was self-care. So my theme was kind of like helping other people. But there is a lot in this chapter also about how if you don't take care of yourself, you can only do so much to help others. We really see that with Rosethorn and Briar and the plants. And like Briar does all this to bring the plants to Rosethorn, but doesn't even realize until they arrive how much he also needed them. And self-care is something I forget a lot. I mentioned those people who try to help, but their hearts break. I think one of the ways that you keep your heart from breaking is that self-care. Okay. Love yourself. Because no one else will. But someone else might as well. No one else can love you until you're ready to love every part of yourself. Every dark nook and cranny of yourself. You have to accept those parts of yourself before someone can love you entirely. I don't know if I agree, but okay. See, I've heard it a different way, which is how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's been around before that, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know which one came first or anything, but that's the one that I'm familiar familiar with. <laughs> the part that stuck out to me was when Briar says something to Rose Thorn and she frowns, and Briar is expecting to get the rough side of her tongue because she looked like she was in the mood to lash out at him but instead she took a breath and resettled the strings that held her mask around her ears getting her temper in hand i definitely need to work on this people get me mad and 
I will go off on them. And my boss, she recently called me, told me that I got a new position that I applied for. But she told me, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people, though. And I keep hearing that sometimes you let your anger get the best of you. She's like, I haven't experienced this firsthand, but this is what I've heard about you. And so whenever you take this new position, you are going to be dealing with people and they're going to make you mad and you're going to have to learn how to keep your cool. So it is definitely something that I'm going to have to work on, especially once I get into this new position. So I've been trying to do this already and it is so hard. (laughs) So kind of take a page from Rose Thorn and just take a deep breath and move past my temper. And that is really good advice. Like you just sometimes need to not say the first thing that pops into your head. Yeah. You just kind of have to be conscious, con- conscious of what you're saying and what you're about to say and just be like, yeah. Because I, I had a similar situation. I'm just going to say earlier this week, this dude was being so stupid. I could have really like ripped him open in front of his boss, but I. I did my best to not do that because it would make me look bad and very unprofessional, even though it would have felt really nice. Yeah. Like he's an asshole and it would have been good to just like really knock him down a couple of notches, but it it doesn't make me look any better. It just would have made me feel good for a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. Just, just sometimes just gotta, you know, weigh, weigh out the pros and cons of, yelling at someone or saying something mean to someone and getting that like instant satisfaction of like, ha, I said a thing and I feel better, but like, it's not going to last that long. And it's just not not worth it. Yeah. I just have a very short fuse and I say shit before I think about it. After everything is said and done, I've calmed down. So I'm like, did I really need to get that mad about this thing? It's just like, shut up. Like take a breath. (laughs) And it's okay. It's fine. You can vent to your husband later. He'll, he'll take the brawn of it. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't mention it in my likes. There was a sobering thought that you could love something and lose that love. Sometimes we start to do something because we love it. And we have so much fun with it. And we love it so much. And then somewhere along the way, we lose our passion for it. Which... It could either be from like burnout of having to do it every day or just your expectations versus reality is very, very different. Or you realize how much work goes into it. There, I saw something earlier this week and it was talking about do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But that's not realistic standards. You can love something and you can grow to hate it. You can absolutely take something that you've loved since you were a kid, turn it into a job and fucking hate it within six months. It is such a terrifying thought for me, especially because I love writing. I really do. It's something that at the end of the day, I feel better when I've written something. Even if it's just getting all my thoughts out on paper, I feel better when it gets done. And I am absolutely terrified of becoming a professional writer. 
because there are so many expectations for people who write and who get published through traditional means. And that to me is more terrifying than if I never wrote another day in my life. I don't want to lose my love of something just because I turned it into a job. It's like why I don't work with plants anymore. I tried that. I worked at a nursery and I would go home and my plants would die because I didn't want to mess with them because I dealt with plants all day. Sometimes you sacrifice what you love for something you hate. I'm not a huge fan of my job. I love my job. It's super easy. But would I rather stay at home and write all day? Yes. <laughs> Do I want to be a professional writer? No. I have to make money somehow. <laughs> I totally feel you on the writing thing. Like the thought of not being passionate about writing terrifies me. But Rosie's writing is so good. Actually, like with my depression and how everything went, like there was a period in time where I was not passionate about it and I didn't want to fucking do it because depression is real, yo. <laughs> it makes you not love the things you love. Oh, my, mine is lame and not at all um, as uh, in depth <laughs> as that one. Uh, I was just surround yourself with things you love. In the story, it was uh, Rose Thorne and her plants. I thought about that and I thought about like, what do I really love? computers is it books is it firearms is it food and the more that i thought about it the more that i realized it's people compared to like the things that i own or the things that i have i just really enjoy being around my friends and i love you guys and the, <laughs> uh like you know there's my fiance there's my family there's so many people that I really genuinely love as like my family. And uh, I wish that I had the opportunity to be around them more because we, we just literally can't right now. And it's rough, but I, I can't wait for things to get better. And finally be able to see everyone. Yeah. Here's hoping it soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like that's really poignant, Goodwin, because I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I should sit down and do that thinking. Like, Yeah, no, you, you're like, oh, it isn't as deep and it's lame. No, that one is fucking superb. Okay, thanks. That, that is, <laughs> as much as I try to think that I don't like people, like, I hate people. I, I miss people. <laughs> I will yeah. tell you this now. I hate people. I miss y'all. This is an excerpt from Chapter 7 of Briar's book. Frostpine placed the lid on a sample box. Daja gave it one last rub. Terrell took it to the girl in the yellow habit of the air pistol who waited in the doorway. She balanced a wooden crate nearly filled with sample boxes in a wheelbarrow. Terrell placed his burden there, shut the crate, and fastened the leather strap that kept the lid on. The girl thanked him, giving the big youth a sidelong glance, then turned the wheelbarrow and trundled it away. Perhaps you should help her, Frostpine suggested as he winked at Daja. She looks strong, but such loads are delicate. Daja noticed that Kirel's skin turned a nice shade of crimson. She seems to like you, she pointed out, massaging her fingers. 
I'll see her at supper, Terrell replied. Her and her girlfriends eat at a table close to mine. He brushed his white habit, trying to wipe away soot marks. Are your hands all right? Frostpine asked Dasha, putting away the rest of his tools. I know engraving is hard, but you did so well that I didn't think to ask. Dasha tucked her hands into her empty tunic pocket. I'm just surprised they're empty, she said. How many days have we been at this? I lost track, Terrell remarked wearily. He ladled water from the barrel and poured it over his long braids, blowing, blowing like a whale. Frostpine slung one arm around Terrell's wet shoulders and tossed another around Dodge's. You did fine work, he told his students. Only the healers and Lark and Sandry are working harder. He let them go. Daja, my pearl, you can return to discipline tonight if you like. I would, Daja replied. Did we make enough of those things? They have enough to last a month, and tomorrow we are going to rest. Frostpine announced as they went outside. Here, watch it, cried a man just when they would have walked into the spiral road. Four wagons rolled by, each carrying novices and fire and earth temples etiquette. They were armed with picks and shovels. Still more wagons followed, laden with canvas, empty carry baskets, and lumber. What's all this? Frostpine asked one of the drivers. Setting up a hospital camp, replied the woman in earth temples etiquette. Hospital camp and an open pit for burning the dead. When Frostpine and his students stared at her in shock, she said, Where have you been? The blue pox is everywhere in the city. Erda's house and the water temple are full up. Duke's clearing a warehouse and they're building the camp uphill of Mire. Pits to be dug on Bit Island. Her wagon rolled on, bound to the south gate and the road to the city. Briar? asked Daja, reaching through their magical connection. Are you all right? She was suddenly frightened for him in Roseland. I'm fine. Go away, Briar replied firmly. Daja was cut off crisply as if he slammed the door in her face. Yeah, shit got real. Well, that's our yeah. show. If you like our show, then you can help us out by reviewing us and rating us on Apple Podcasts because that, unfortunately, is the best way for podcasts to get seen. You should yeah. also check us all out on social media. Find Reading Circle Temple. Talk to us because we love meeting more Tamara Pearson. Yes, yes. And tune in next week to find out just how depressing shit gets. Yay. Fuck. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for a few music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Anyway, sorry. I'm my cutting in is over. I promise. Continue. Oops, that's that's half the fun. What?
Cutting into people. Cutting my fucking mouth? No. (laughs) I don't know how to. The commentary. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.